listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 111, where we will be jumping into Clockwork Princess and discussing the prologue and chapter one, A Dreadful Row. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. All right. We're back. <laughs> we never went anywhere. Right. You're back. Right. i'm back three weeks after we recorded our last thing and the world's gone to shit (laughs) i was talking to my friend the other day or the other day it was today at like 2 p.m this is how my day is gone i'm more offended that you have another friend (laughs) tell us about this person she's my boss Um, I was talking to her and I was just like, dude, I'm like, I like even on vacation, I couldn't obviously escape everything that was going on in the world. But I was like, I'm so tired. I'm like, seriously, the I go, what else is left on my bingo card? An asteroid? Like, just send it to me. And she's like, oh, did you not hear? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Apparently there was a meteorite that like burned up in the atmosphere over the weekend like right over Iceland and like they don't know if anything was left over or whatever but I'm just like seriously (laughs) wow it's funny that you were talking to a person that actually knew that too because I had no idea right like I'm like I didn't hear that like what the fuck and she had like sent me the article I was like what that's great Oh. Did you have to work today? Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. I bet you're so tired. I had 583 emails. That's crazy. Yeah. That was good stuff. Yeah. Wow. And so, like, we do I, – I, I work in trucking and logistics. Um, and so we have, like, a fuel surcharge that we charge for all of the loads that we take, right? And it's a percentage mm-hmm. based on fuel economy and stuff. Guess – just guess what our fuel charge was this week. Just guess. Okay, what is it regularly? Um, so for the last probably six months, it's been right around like 29 to 30. Okay. 83. No, no. <laughs> no, 52. Oh, geez. So 52%. Like, so, so we have our rate. And then we charge an additional 52% for fuel. Oh, it's a percent of the the uh-huh. overall charge? Oh, shit. Yeah. 52? Yeah. Holy cow. Well, because we have to pay, we have to, like, pay that out to our drivers because we, we do, yeah. um, we do owner-operator drivers. So, so we have to, like, pass that on to our drivers because, like, the rate has to be good enough. Like, if, if fuel is astronomical like they can't take a load if it's not they won't take it they won't take it from you yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you gotta you gotta find a way to cover it because you know semis don't get really great fuel economy (laughs) crazy (laughs) i um have talked a lot of shit about my car the last couple years but damn 43 bucks for a full tank sounds real good right now yep I was thinking the same thing when I was filling up my Mazda this morning. <laughs> I was like, damn. I'm like, I mean, I got here. a little car. I have to turn off the air conditioning if I want to go up a hill, but we good right now, baby. 
crazy. Yes. Um, I had a great trip, though. It was so much fun. We did so much learning and so much history stuff. I have so many pictures. So cool. It was great. Yeah. You gave us a great picture of uh, New York. The Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I even learned some stuff while you were gone. (laughs) Yeah. I I had no idea the Statue of Liberty was so small. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was kind of weird. I was like, wow, that's not as big as I imagined. But, like, also in my head, I just imagine it, like, being as big as the Eiffel Tower, which it is definitely not. I guess I did, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I never thought about it. I just thought it was huge. Space Needle. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (sighs) This country's too big to do everything. (laughs) well we did we did realize that we we kind of were a little overly ambitious with everything that we wanted to do because we did have a 14 year old who walks at the pace Mm. of a snail yeah like legitimately (laughs) i don't i she's basically standing she's not really walking she's just slowly like a sloth like the moonwalk dmv and zootopia like that's my child (laughs) poor baby was tired to be fair so we've got like our apple watches right Uh uh-huh to be fair we did add it up we we did make her walk like 50 miles in the last two weeks so (laughs) crazy (laughs) yeah there was a lot of there was a lot of walking and she was like jesus like, I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah. A walking tour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, she was getting like, oh my God, can we sit down in Williamsburg? And I'm like, baby, this is tiny compared to where we're going. We're like working our way up because we did Williamsburg first. And then we did DC, which where there was a lot of walking in DC because like mm-hmm. everything is so big that it looks close, but it's not. It's like Vegas. It's like that uh-huh. same you know, optical illusion or whatever. DC was amazing. It was clean. It had good food for the most part. There was a couple of duds. Um, I, I did find that for whatever reason, people don't like to season their food. Like, I don't understand. Like, use salt and spices. Like, something. Is there salt on the table, at least? Do, yeah, hate, but like. COVID, there hasn't been. There were there were a, f- a couple of really great food places that we went to on our trip, and a lot of like meh, not mm-hmm. bummer. It's the best part of vacation trying other food. Yeah, I know. I'm just coming from a fatty though. Sorry, I cook for myself, and I like my cooking better than everybody else's cooking. So it's just one of those things. Yep. Mm-hmm. After a while, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was when we went to Los Angeles, my um, husband's cousin's wife. I don't know Mm -hmm. in what really cousin in law. I don't know what you'd say Mm -hmm. that for me, (laughs) but she cooked for us. So Mm -hmm. it was like home cooked and it was awesome and tasted amazing. It's just tastes better. And then it's like there's nothing wrong with it. There's no like it's not cold or, you know, I don't know. But there were some places that were really good that we tried that we were like, Oh yeah, we'll try this like nice place. But food's also just very expensive. Like food was just yeah. the mm-hmm. most expensive part of our trip. Uh-huh. Um, 
but we had a couple we there was a couple good gems well and you're out so much you're like breakfast lunch and dinner on the go yeah mm-hmm. right yeah yeah nashville especially if food. you're staying at airbnbs and stuff they don't offer breakfast yeah like hotels yeah. do yeah i think that we I, th- I think it was just the fact that like we were in like i told jason i was like maybe next time we do one of these trips we do the south because i know the food's gonna be better <laughs> like mm. <laughs> Oh, show. Like, let me go back home, okay? <laughs> let me go. Yeah. We'll go also, back I to said Alabama. Nashville had good food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take you Texas to the place had where you'll food. have the Texas best catfish great you ever food. had. Yeah. Texas has good food, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Tex-Mex. Mm. Mm. It's a whole different thing. Like, it's uh-huh. it's all by itself. It's a whole different kind of cuisine. Um, yeah, but we had, we had a great time. DC was, was fantastic. Um, New York was not for me. Um, okay. I can see the appeal for someone in their twenties who wanted to live there. And like, I could see just the accessibility to everything. And there's just so much for someone living there for it to offer them. But like, I don't particularly love shopping. Like I'm not a big shopper and I can only eat so many meals in a day. Um, right. And there's not a whole lot to like, I don't know. Like everything in New York is like a hundred dollars, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Like you want to go to a Broadway show. It's like $200 a ticket, you know, for the show that you want to actually see. Right. Right. There are ways that you can do it cheaper and stuff. And it's just, it, it's not for me. There's too many people. It smells bad. There's trash everywhere. Yeah, the trash that's bad. We we, we you know we especially saw an Oregonian subway. seeing that. What? Like an or an Oregonian seeing that, or a, a Pacific Northwesterner as Dude, you are a Washingtonian. It hurts but, my heart that like the, it, the lack of recycling on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Like there are some places like DC has a lot of like you know garbage can recycling right next to each other. You know, kind of a thing. You know, and there were some places like Pennsylvania had a lot of that. But, um, yeah, I just I I was like, "Ah, why? Why is there so much like cans and uh, just like full trash, like just full on? Yes. We have a friend of Andy's comes and stays with us every now and then for work. And he throws away like a juice bot, like a actual like. (gasps) juice in the garbage can I'm like what the hell bro this goes in the recycling you rinse that out and you put it in the recycling you take the lid off like don't you know how to recycle right. no he didn't well and and I know I I know logically that most of our recycling doesn't actually get recycled like like yeah. I, I know that I know that we have a flawed recycling system but it reduce reuse recycle was burned into my brain in the 90s through school propaganda so i don't know what to tell you i'm programmed this way i need to recycle so great captain planet told me exactly exactly like i am a product of the 90s i'm so sorry you did this to me, TGIF PSAs, okay? Yes. <laughs> Deal with the consequences. <sighs> um, yeah, but Salem was by far my favorite. 
It was a beautiful, magical stay. We stayed in this super old house um, with, like, original, like, wide plank wood timber floors. Like, oh, it was was so gorgeous. I didn't know there was such a thing like old wide plank. That's cool. Yeah. With like with like the the old fashioned like square nails, neat. Yeah, like I took pictures of like the door handle and like the floor <laughs> and stuff. I was just yeah. like, oh my god, the molding! It was it was disgusting. <laughs> Share it with your thirty year old friend. <laughs> yep, yep. It was an HGTV dreamers, you know, fantasy. Oh, it was so it was great, beautiful. And then it snowed, and we got a couple of inches of snow and. Bryn and I were walking around downtown Salem shopping and like stopping in all the little shops. Like we stopped in this uh, beekeeper's shop that they sold beeswax candles and and honey from their bees. And like it's this very like small, quaint, little, cute. Like the way that they do it is like so perfect for tourists. They're like everything's like buy local, you know, da 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 da, all this stuff, like stay with local people and, you know. All, all this stuff, they're very, like, centered towards, like, yes, this is a tourist town, but support the local economy, you know? like Right. We have to live here. Yeah. Which makes it so much more fun. And, like, that's the kind of shopping I want to do. Like, I want to go to a place where uh-huh. I'm only going to find this, you know, this artist makes these necklaces. Like, I want that, you know? Very, mm-hmm. like, specific stuff. Etsy that's my was made souvenirring there. <laughs> stuff. And Bryn, Bryn, of course, had to go to all the witch shops. You know, because they, they do have – everything is, like, witch city. Even their – even the fire department has, like, a witch city decal on their fire trucks. Like, it's Neat. a whole thing. They totally embrace it. Um, I would love that. Yeah, so we, we, went to, we went to all of the little shops. There was, like, a vampire shop and, like, you know, all the different – and they all kind of carried the same things, you know, stuff uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Um. But there was this one shop that we went into, and I was, like, flabbergasted. I'm like, this – I'm home. This is this is what I want my home to look like. It was called The Coven's Cottage. And you walk in, and there's these two guys. There's this one guy behind the cast register, and then this other guy standing, like, in the showroom. And it's a small little place. And, you know, the first thing they say is, you know, please, no phones, no taking pictures or anything like that. And, like, the whole thing is, like, it's, like, walking into, like, a scene for Midsummer's Dream. Like, it's bananas. There's, like, um, you know, stuff, like, uh, herbs and things hanging from the wall. And they have, like, a driftwood ladder and, you know, all this stuff that you can buy and, like, these hand-dipped candles and incense and like uh, you can buy a, a a pheasant wing you get like a, a wolf's jaw like all of this stuff it was just that's crazy it was i wonder bananas. why no pictures i it i guess it's like a sacred space i don't know interesting i don't know but it was wild and Bryn got a little uh uh What's the word? Oh, what is it called? Cauldron. Bring out a little cauldron. Oh, cute. She's very excited about that. I got some incense. I got some hand-dipped candles. I was like, oh, my God, I love this place. The aesthetic was beautiful. (laughs) It was great. So cool. So what you're saying is girls trip to Salem. Yes. 
I would go okay. back. Oh, I would speaking stay a week of there. girls trip, we have four years to get our children to be okay without us for a weekend because I'll be 40. What I know it's disgusting. Do? I don't know, but we have to do something, even if it's just like a little trip to the yeah. beach or Sun River. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my kids prepped. It's my dream to go away from them. I love them. <laughs> yes. I need you to stop. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Anyway, sorry. Dude, in four years, do you know, I won't have to worry about that because my child will be 18. I know. That's disgusting. So crazy. So what you're saying is your kids are going to watch our kids. Yeah. <laughs> if our husbands right? are at work. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because Amanda's <sighs> birthday is in the summer. So we'll have to think yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. My, my daughter had her birthday on our trip. It was very nice. So cool. Oh, and then the highlight of the trip. I mean, there were so many, but the highlight highlight was we went and saw the Batman the day before, like the day we were flying out because our flight wasn't until later and it was snowing Uh in D.C. because there was a bomb cyclone on the day that we left. (laughs) Right. So how was it? So obviously if it was the highlight. It was so good. It It was so good. I was it's everything I've always wanted in a Batman movie. That it's- is a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the whole, in the movie, he's like, Catwoman, Loka. <laughs> <laughs> Where you been at, Loka? <laughs> wrong guy, bro. Wrong guy, I know, right? I know. Yeah, it's the wrong guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. So great. Oh. We're so funny. That was good. Craziness. <sighs> yeah no it was great it was great you should see it highly recommend 10 out of 10 all right okay i guess we should probably get to it shouldn't we yeah yeah we're, we're yeah. kind of into it all right well i we have it. something to talk about oh shit yes why do we always forget always I forget time. about me <laughs> forget about amanda Andre. forget to yeah. what you're talking about yeah. <laughs> okay listen this is I can't say the word favorite because that's wrong. But this review, you guys, legit (laughs) made me cry. Yep, me too. Tears rolling down my face. And it says, (laughs) five stars, by the way. (laughs) And it's from this year. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't one star. I wasn't crying from sadness. Okay, so it's Emma, five Six 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 six. Yep. And it says I've caught up. That's the title. Super cool. Okay. Emma says found this podcast two months ago and am now addicted. Love this podcast so much. Kristen, Robin, and Amanda are so good at what they do. Their personalities shine through so much. They make you feel like they are your besties. Just nerding out <laughs> over a book series and watching or catching up with what's going on in life. I was 16 when I started reading TSC books and I'm now 26 and was looking for a way to remind remind myself of the main plot and events of the books I have read so far so I can jump back into the Bane Chronicles without having to start at the very beginning again. And these girls answered my prayers. I might actually wait until they finish their coverage of TID and see which Cassandra Clare's books is next and carry on reading along with them. Sounds fun. I agree. Aww. Anyways, sorry for this rambling review. <laughs> 
Amanda, you will probably be reading this while getting tongue-tied. <laughs> she knows me so well. Just love you guys so much. Big hugs from me. This is this is the tears part. And chills. They're, they're starting. Yep. Give hugs to Bryn, Adriana, William, Cassie, Drew, Lincoln, and Olivia for me. Hope I didn't me- miss anybody. Anybody out. Thanks so much, guys, for keeping me smiling, Emma. Oh. Thank you. So you didn't. Sweet. You didn't leave anyone out. Amanda's literally crying right now. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's so nice that you included all four of my kids. It's very nice. Yep. Tears are coming sweet. down. Yep. yep. <laughs> so sweet. Thank you, Emma. Yes. Thank you. Oh my uh, god. Don't forget the moms. Yep. Oh yeah. It, and we're so fucking easy too. We're just like, oh, <laughs> our children. <laughs> so bad. Oh, my gosh. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate all of We're amazed that any of you are still listening. And we it's really true. appreciate <laughs> you guys. We're like, really? We People still? Really? <laughs> like whenever We haven't fucked this up yet? Whenever we get a review, I always worry that they're just like in the first 30 episodes and they're just like really into it and they haven't gotten to the later episodes and they're going to be like really disappointed and jinx themselves after leaving a review. (laughs) Our next review is going to be like 21 minutes of rambling. Get it together, girl. (laughs) Fuck. Exactly. Exactly. (sighs) My primary worry. Anyway. Uh, but since I don't know how to segue and there's no recap, um, I'm just going to jump into it. Yeah. Yep. Do it. All right. So let's talk about tone baby. All right. When I sit down to read a shadow hunters book, there's a specific feeling that I know that I'm going to get no matter what, whether it's my hundredth reread of a book or a highly anticipated new release, it's going to deliver that nostalgic shadow hunter feeling without fail. There's a lot of factors that make up this like elusive feeling. But the first that comes to mind is the tone, which is kind of a cop out because tone kind of encompasses everything from like pacing to setting to dialogue and messaging. Um, But it's this like it's the specific calibration of all these elements that give shadow hunter like they give that gives a shadow hunter book like the cassie fingerprint that you you know as you're reading it like that voice comes through and there's this specific tone that she sets that like you just you you have to keep going and the way she she writes is like it all just kind of unfurls and it it makes you more than anything, you it makes you want to turn the page and find out what happens next. Like that's the primary like feeling. She hooks you in so hard right at the beginning that you're like, what the fuck is happening? And now I have to know. And now I got to read more. Like she does it yeah. so well and she does it so specifically. Like you, you can tell a Cassandra Clare hook, right? Like you just, it pulls that all the right emotions and like gets you to be like one I'm pissed off two I'm heartbroken and sad and three 
what the fuck are you doing? Like, like those are the feelings that I get <laughs> always. It's just like, I, I'm more, it's like a train wreck. Like what? <laughs> I feel like this is, we're already off to a bad start. This is going to get so much worse and I have to know how it ends. Yes. You know? So I say all that, that to say this by the prologue alone, Clockwork Princess may be the most Cassandra Clare book she's ever written. And it's a beautiful disaster in all the best ways. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) It was beautiful. Thank you. So we're opening with a couple of flashback Fridays. First up, York, 1847. Little Adele Starkweather is getting ready um, for her first rune. Um, and we see a younger Aloysius, uh, same jackass, different context. Uh, mm-hmm. He's with his granddaughter, soothing her worries because she's like real stressed out and nervous about this. Not unlike how Mortmain's parents may have soothed him had Aloysius not murdered them. You know. Ooh. Details. Whatever. <laughs> but the tone of this scene is like fucked. It's so fucked. So the words are like happy and excited and she's like nervous, but she's got like butterflies, right? Like this is such a big deal. Um, but the tone is just only dread. Like mm-hmm. you're reading this going, no one's going to be happy. I already feel it. <laughs> like you just know from sentence one, you're like, now nah, this is going to be bad. Something's seriously wrong here. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Like, in the pacing, the tension fills up the space between the lines. Like, it's not fast dialogue. And it gives you the the weight of the narration to kind of, like, just build this, like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Why? Mm-hmm. She's, she, she's a frail girl. She's a young, sickly child. I don't like where this is heading. <laughs> no, thanks. Can I Victorian get off sickly child. this train? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So Grandpappy Al reassures Adele and promises to stay with her. Um, So he takes this like gruff grandpa approach um, and tells her it might hurt a little bit, but to be tough and not cry out. And it feels harmless enough, right? Like it, it it feels like something a a tough grandpa that, you know, fought Nam would say to you, right? Like (laughs) walk it off, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it feels like, okay, yeah, that feels normal. Um, but it sends a pit to the bottom of your stomach because the tone of this scene is explicitly telling us, bad, bad, this is so bad. Like, <laughs> So, last one. I'm sorry. Language is just so fucking cool. So, Cassie does this so well. She, like, establishes... Just a few but very powerful truths as she sets this tone and makes and it makes the scene so much more effective. So Adele has been a sickly child, right? So she establishes that and explains why this isn't a huge ceremony in front of a lot of people, but done in their in their private of their own quarters. Um, uh-huh. And two, she has a special relationship with Aloysius, right? Even though she's, you know, delicate and whatever. Um, and he's a big gruff asshole. They've found, you know, this 
midway point and they, they have this very special connection, which is going to make what happens next so much worse. And you know something bad's going to happen. No, nothing's been said, but you know. You know it's bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, just those two things set the stakes and give subtext to the suspense. So back to the rune ceremony. A silent brother comes in, and it's one that we don't know. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he ever shows up again in this series. So I didn't bother to remember his name. Um, okay. And he starts drawing the rune on the girl. And things seem normal at first. Aloysius is the first to notice, though, that something is wrong. He sees her face and realizes that she's in agony. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he says, stop. But it's too late. You can't uh-huh. stop. Cassie straight up told us from page one that this book was going to gut us. Like, she was like, oh, just setting it up now. You're going to fucking cry. <laughs> I will bathe in your tears. I, I really do think that is what she was thinking as she was writing this book. This book is She just... wrote it with special ink. Yeah. So the tears feed her soul yeah. to make her stronger. Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> Some Harry Potter shit. Yep. Some Umbridge shit. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, so where am I? Uh, so what happens to Adele is a little bit different than the Forsaken that we've seen before. At least we haven't seen the full like Forsaken thing happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it has something to do with like her age and her constitution. Like she's already a weak physical specimen. That I I wonder because they did mention in what was it? City of Ashes or City of Glass or I'm um, not glass um bones about the Forsaken that like it take it depletes you I oh, think so okay. I mean um faster yeah. you know the, uh-huh. it's going to kill you no matter what but it's just Could a it be of the time. type of rune because they didn't use the normal first rune they used strength or whatever right. so maybe that was part of it I don't know yeah. Or she's just so weak that yeah, you know there wasn't anything left to give or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So I have a quote from the book. It's just bad. Uh, quote: Her bloody lacerated skin began to peel back from her bones, blackening and burning under the rune as if it were fire, and she could not help but throw her head back and scream and scream. Dude, what the fuck? that's not what I remember <laughs> happening to Forsaken. Like, it's so much worse. And this is also a 10-year-old girl. Like, why are uh-huh. you doing this to us? Yeah, that's Ugh. terrible. Yikes. And Can you imagine you watching that? No, I can't even. I'm not even going to say it out loud. No, right? No. <laughs> no, thank you. Her parents were there. That's all I'll say. Right. Ugh. <sighs> So, and then, with a transition as subtle as a sledgehammer, we flash forward 25 years to London, 1873. (laughs) Will is training alone. Um, It seems as if the young Harrendale hasn't developed any of his people skills yet, so he's still, like, a full-on feral asshole at this point. (laughs) Um, Charlotte, who I keep having to remind myself is, like, 18 right now. Yeah. Which is fucking wild. Um, she's searching for Will and sounding exactly as exasperated as I'd expect someone who had been taking care of a young Will for six long <laughs> months. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can feel it. 
She came to find Will because the London Institute is getting a new charge. That's right. It's the Will Gem meet cute. <laughs> Except it's, it, it's not very cute. Um, Will doesn't seem to give a shit about having a new kid around. Um, he is downright hostile. Uh, but Jem is who he is and finds this whole, like, shtick Will's got going on very amusing. He's like, oh, that's yeah. cute that you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like, I'm not going to be here long enough to care. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> boss bitch. So... <laughs> Like, I know we're supposed to feel bad for Will because of the curse and, you know, the whole, like, oh, this poor kid. But he's Freshy just... wounds. Right. He's just such a good dick that it's hard not to want to smack him. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're just too... Yeah. I feel like you enjoy this too much. Right? Yeah. It was already in there a little bit, I think. Right. Uh-huh. And now he just has license. Exactly. So, I have a little... A little excerpt. Um, this is Jem uh, and Will speaking. Jem's going to start first. So, <clears throat> quote, I haven't trained since I left Shanghai, Jem said. I could use a partner, someone to spare, to spare with, to spar with. <laughs> <laughs> so could I, said Will, but I need someone who can keep up with me, not some sickly creature that looks as if he's doddering off to the grave. Although I suppose you could be useful for target practice. <laughs> bro damn it's not funny but it's funny it is funny because he's gonna have that sinking pit feeling in just a second yeah so and they became like he said that and they became best friends later like how crazy when you said that to me i don't know that we could be this close okay (laughs) right Right. (laughs) that's just me so we're in charlotte's point of view um and we're in her head as she processes how will just stumbled into the truth and how very very bad this could go <laughs> but Jem isn't mad james carstairs uh, james carstairs uh a legend at the wee age of 12 schools will like a boss with that dark ass humor He's like, yeah, I've got two to three years to live. And Will has one of those, oh, God, please let the earth swallow me right now moments. Dude. He's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) One, One more quote, guys. One more excerpt. Before Will can really say anything and try to backpedal his way out of that fuck up. Jem had set his steps toward the target painted on the wall. When he reached it, he yanked the knife free from the wood. Then he turned and quickly direct and and walked directly up to Will. Delicate as he was, they were the same height and only inches from each other their eyes met and held. You may use me for target practice if you wish, said Jem, as casually as if he were talking about the weather. It seems to me I have very little fear from such an exercise as you are not a very good shot. He turned, took aim, and let the knife fly. It stuck directly at the heart of the target, quivering slightly. Or, Jem went on, turning back to Will, you could allow me to teach you, for I am a very good shot. Dude! Damn! Even Charlotte is thunderstruck. She's like, damn! (laughs) 
And then she sees Will. She watches as Will falls in love with Jem immediately. <laughs> Dude. Will is very much into Jem's big dick energy. And the rest is history. I think we all are. <laughs> they, and they lived happily ever after. They yes. literally looked at each other and was like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. The answer is yeah. Awesome. It's like their knife throwing is our Napoleon Dynamite quotes. Yes. Okay, before I start my part, I have to know what Robin's doing. Why? What are you doing? Are you eating? I'm, are you I'm, braiding something? I'm fidgeting. Yep, that's what I'm doing. Okay. It looks like you're making like a friendship bracelet or something. Um, there's a um, stuffed animal here that has all these long hairs and I am braiding the hairs because I am fidgeting. Okay. I'm that's braiding great. the hairs okay. on long horse. <laughs> very nice awesome okay i just had to know That's okay all. so we start this wonderful book because i think i've said it before i'm pretty sure this is my favorite so far anyway we start it at tessa's wedding dress fitting so obviously i have to start with the important part which is the dress it's gold silk and obviously don't wear white but it's um, with lace, and it curves everywhere it's supposed to, which I'm not sure what that means back then, but I'm into it, okay? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so for some reason, though, I thought that they wore red at their weddings, but it's gold? It's gold. Is red just for celebrations, then? I feel like red is... So they do white with red runes for funerals. Yeah, but... Okay. The parents... Adele's parents were wearing red. That's the only thing that made me think of it. Okay. And okay, I know okay. it's been mentioned before. Okay. I'll but... Google it as we continue and I'll... Okay, I'll great. You know. Okay. So then there's a mention of these freaking necklaces again. And I know that it's because it's the start of a new book. But, like, the gem necklace and the clockwork angel... And um, it's like this time it's about how she changed the length of the chains so she could wear both. And I'm just like, why? Why do we keep having to go back to talk about these necklaces again? Because it's not really like it goes into depth. It's just a real quick, she changed the length. It's a okay. metaphor for her melding both sides of her life together. Oh, okay. Mm. Make me feel like shit. Good job. Both at the same time. I can be it's both. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Would they, it be a metaphor? They can, yeah, they, they can be, um, <clears throat> wait, she changed, she changed them to be the same length, right? One, they're different lengths, so that way they don't yeah. overlap each other. Oh, stuff, right, so. right, right. Yeah, so she can wear them both and display them both. Yeah. I, yeah. Sure. Uh, sure. She's, the, the balance Whatever. of her life, her old life versus her new life. Mm -hmm. Do people really think that way, though? Oh, back then, if, probably, yeah. Okay, um, that's listen, fair. They didn't have she's, TV. They didn't have a TikTok. Well, she's to probably to read enough books that she's just like, you know, sometimes yeah. when you watch a TV show and like you end up developing man, maybe I am just not. Nope. Weird. It's a whole phenomenon. It's totally a thing. It's a psycho yeah. psychological yeah. thing. Yeah. You like, you imbibe like I want to be that. a badass, like yep. Captain Janeway. So I'm going to walk like her and carry myself like her because she's a bamp. It's why I and always so have really bad road rage after I watch Sons of Anarchy. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I think fair. I'm Gemma. I think I'm such a badass. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> uh, so for her, <laughs> 
hers are books so that is totally something like a dusty old yeah. like yeah. yeah yeah that's it okay thank you okay so I'm i have an answer this. i have an answer about the red okay so Tell in us. in the in the poem red is to call down enchantment so i think it's for like ceremonial uses like the so first at the room. pair of the room tie, you think they're wearing red yeah yeah okay okay interesting so Okay, I guess I'm getting too much into it. I don't know why I care, but I'm like, so what are her bridesmaids going to wear? But I don't think they have bridesmaids. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) Tessa asks Charlotte if the lace is too much. And Charlotte's like, girl, no. Plus, like, when in Rome. Am I right? Am I right? (laughs) And Charlotte's like, can't you just imagine it? And why, yes. Yes, she can. Tessa brings up. Her daydream thought bubble. (laughs) And she's just like, I can't imagine it. And into the thought bubble we go. She had imagined that her wedding would be in a church and maybe Henry would walk her down the aisle. For some reason, it's super mentioned that she wouldn't be looking left and she wouldn't be looking right, but she would be looking forward at Jem. That's weird. But she also is thinking about like what Jem is going to wear and he's in fancy gear with like gold accents and he's looking all young because they are babies. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this is another like a book characteristic she's picking out, by the way. That she's like as a bride as should or as they're supposed to. So yeah. I think that's what she's read you're supposed to do. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Right, because she's probably never been to a wedding. Especially probably not a not. shadow hunter or- one. Yeah. This is 16 and married, not 16 and pregnant. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is like this could be a reality show. They have a reality show about people getting married young like that and it's about gypsies getting married. Oh, but that's more about the wedding and the dress and the whole festivities, right? Um It's on TLC. I, I don't know. Only seen it's clips. one of those one of those trash network that just exploit people for (laughs) ridiculous (sighs) but they're always like knockoff reality shows they're not like highly produced like this isn't the bachelor this is like four guys with a camera like embedded with (laughs) yeah well then they have one hit and they roll it into like five different shows from that spinoffs yeah 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 like, 90 Day Fiance has, like, a bunch of different ones now. <laughs> and other shows are picking up what they're doing. They're doing Pillow Talk. So their people watch. People from prior seasons watch current seasons, and they record them talking about the people. Like, we do when we watch TV or, you know, uh-huh. any, anybody else. But, like, it's just crazy. I've noticed other shows are doing the same thing. Didn't one of those guys oh, murder okay. somebody? Um. Okay. I think it's Jeffrey. He didn't actually murder, but he's a like he's not a good guy. He's like an abuser, yeah. Or oh, which no, is crazy because he, he seems so nice. Right? It was I think it was technically kidnapped because he held her like he took her phone away and um oh, wouldn't let her call the police. Yeah, and stuff and like yeah he held her down and yeah. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I know, but he really seems like a nice guy, like one of the normal ones. You don't that's think so? Why you never know. I'm just yeah, saying that's, that's true. Why. Well, That's they fair. always say it's the quiet ones. Like, it's always the mailman that you're like, he was so non-threatening. And they're like, yeah, but he had like 47 heads in his basement. Like, what? <laughs> he ate hearts like apples. 
Yeah. I don't know why I had to add that. <laughs> it's always the quiet ones. Back to Jen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So basically, <laughs> Tessa, from, from what I gathered, Tessa has to kind of imagine what her wedding's going to be because she still doesn't even know where the venue will be or anything because the clave is still deciding, like, what's going to happen with them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, anyway, as she's in this little thought bubble, she gets taken out as the seamstress asks if she would like to remove the lace. And before she can answer, Jem knocks on the door. And Charlotte is like, oh, he's got to go. He can't see you in your dress. you got to hide. Which is what any of us would do nowadays, you know. Yeah, right. Um, so Charlotte helps Tessa hide behind the wardrobe. And they both, like, peek out, which is just so cute. It's just like a little movie. They both uh-huh. just peek out. And they're waiting for the seamstress to, like, answer the door. Yes, I'm peeking. <laughs> so that you guys know that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Anyway, um, and so the seamstress answers the door, and Gemma's like, oh, damn, thank goodness. I was wondering where everybody had gone. Like, <laughs> fucking Gabriel is here, man. He's being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alone. <laughs> it's funny, though, to think that that is where he would start, because now we jump over to Will and Cecily, and they're in the training room. Like, I don't know why, but I think I would start in a training room before someone's bedroom. But okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Are they not? They, they are in Tessa's bedroom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So we go over to these two. And um, Cecily's trying to convince Will to write their parents a letter and tell them that he's okay. And Will is just focused on training. He's training her and he is not into talking about their parents. <laughs> and um, so we go into Cecily's point of view, which by our terms means she's a main character, right? Right. Yep. Stoked, because I think she's adorable so far. I do, too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. love this little girl. Wait, okay, she is a little girl, right? She's what, so... 15. So it says that Tessa and Jem are 17 and 18. Which one's older? Jem? Jem, yeah. Okay, so I thought they were 16. Or I thought she was 16. I thought they were before. I thought they both were. Maybe they aged up in, like, the three months since Mm -hmm. the last book. Yeah, they both had birthdays, I guess. That happens. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so um, Cecily thinks about how different Will is now compared to when he left their family, which Hobbs, I mean, he was 12, girl. Mm -hmm. But anyway. (laughs) So um, she continues her pleas for Will to write home, and Will starts in on why she won't just go home. Like... Why won't you write home? Why don't you just go home? (laughs) So we get a lot of explanations through um, all of this section here because um, it's the beginning of a book. So a lot of it is kind of a lot of stuff that we already know that Cecily is working through, you know, seeing the runes and and all this stuff and learning about parabro ties. And I think that's actually what she called them. Just kidding. (laughs) You can quote me on the quote. Yeah. (laughs) So. In this case, though, it's in the form of Cecily's thoughts. So eventually, Cecily um, offers a wager. Um, So if she can hit the bullseye on the target that is on the wall three times, Will will write home to their parents and explain the curse and why he left. And he's like, cool. You'll never do it, so go for it. And um, so she's stoked, obviously, because what Will doesn't know is that she's been practicing all by her lonesome just for this very moment. <laughs> so, by the way, when she made the bet with Will, she called him William. And she said it just to get his goat. 
but she has noticed that the only person like allowed to call him that is Jem. And we also learn that his Welch name is Gwillem. Gwillem. So I will forever call your son Gwillem, Robin. <laughs> is that how you pronounce it? That's how it was in the audiobook that I heard. Gwillem, Gwillem, Gwillem. I think it was Gwillem. Yeah. Okay, so. okay, okay. I don't know. I don't speak Welsh. <laughs> right. I don't either. <laughs> so she made the first two yeah, bowls, yeah. Yeah. guys. Sorry. Just so you know. I would say no, you're okay. Not like just trying to pronounce it myself, but I like it. I would also think it would be Gwillem. Yeah. Some, maybe somebody can tell us, or maybe I can just listen to it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so she made these first two bullseyes before Will obviously became annoyed. Like, <laughs> but honestly, he was just trying to train her. Like, isn't, why isn't he just like, whoa, bitch, you just made two bullseyes. I don't care what we just wavered. That was fucking cool. Right. That was, that would be exciting. Yeah. Hype me up, motherfucker. Yeah. Instead, he's just annoyed, which is funny because obviously we find out in a minute he like tricked her or whatever. Sorry, I can't figure out this mouse and I keep losing my spot. Andy's is backwards from my laptop. Anyway, so she hits this bullseye a third time and starts celebrating her win. She's telling Will that he will write home this letter and he's like, sure, I'll write it. And she's like, record scratch. Wicka, wicka, what? But no. <laughs> will found a loophole in this wager um, he said he would write the letter, not send it. So he plans to write it and then burn it, which is also annoying, but that could be kind of cathartic for him. So that's what I learned yeah. in a psych class I took in high school. Uh, <sighs> don't, so, don't you do that with emails where you like write out the really like mm-hmm. awful yeah. and then you delete it? Yeah. No, you just gotta make I write sure it you and never I give it to put, Robin. Got to make sure you never put anything in the two. Yes. Yeah. You leave the sender blank. Yep. Uh-huh. And then I have to go in and like calm the raging winters. Yes. I write this email and I'm like, please help me. I know I'm being a bitch. I'm so <laughs> mad right now. Yep. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm clicking. It's okay. So anyway, she's like, boo, not cool, man. And Will says, I quote, I told you that you were not made of shadow hunter stuff or you would not so easily be fooled. Oh, Rude. Come on. No, you're nobody like this curse is not real. You don't have to be rude anymore. That was uncalled for and like just stupid. Um, sorry. I'll let you finish. Okay. I also don't like that. He says shadow hunter stuff because that's just weird. But anyway, he goes on to add that he can't write it. <clears throat> excuse me, because it would be breaking the shadow hunter law. And Cecily calls bullshit on that. And she's like, as if, okay. She don't give a fuck. So then, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You don't give a shit about the law. So Will offers that he will write the letter um, if she will go home and deliver it herself. And she thinks back, insert thought bubble, um, about the sweet boy that he once was and how their mother cried so much the first few years after he left, telling her, telling little Sessie that the shadow hunters will take all of the love out of him. Mm. Which is so sad because the curse kind of did a little bit, I think. Not the shadow yeah. hunters, obviously, but he's uh-huh. lost so many years of his life being cruel. He obviously still has a little bit of that still in him, saying that shadow hunters thing. And now, and well, and so, now he's all emo because he can't have Tessa. Yeah. And now his sister's in danger, and he's like, "Fuck!" Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't just be happy. I can't catch a break. 
Yeah. Okay, so this is what I was going to ask you. Okay. This seems like a good a time as any. Do you think he's more, like, axing it away because of, like, Mortmain's there and all this stuff? It, if it was a calmer time, do you think he'd still be, ups- like, as upset about Cecily wanting to join the Shadowhunter Brigade? I think that, personally, if I were him, I wouldn't want another one of my parents' children to leave. So I think I would want her to go back at least until she's an adult and just be there for their parents. Mm. But I agree with you, the Mortmain part. It's dangerous. Uh Uh-huh. And he's looking out for her a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And he's probably a little bit embarrassed. Doesn't want to explain the curse to his parents. Mm-hmm. He's a fool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think you're right. I think regardless of the Mormon thing, he wouldn't want her doing that because, like you said, he, he wouldn't want his kids or his parents to lose all their kids. And even if she became a shadow hunter when she was older, like she still wouldn't be allowed to see them. That's true. Uh-huh. You know, so that's like a big deal but I also think he just doesn't like the Mortmain thing is just added insult to injury mm-hmm. now he's just right. now he's got to be antagonistic to try and get her to go away because it's like such yeah. a dire thing uh-huh <sighs> well let's go back into her thoughts and see if she thinks about it at all just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so this time she's thinking about how she thought Jem was hot when she first got to the Institute. Yeah. But yeah, seeing how much Jem loves Tessa pulled her out of it. Although she does jump right into that, what I'm calling shower thoughts with Cecily because yes, we're getting a <laughs> lot of it. Okay. <laughs> so she thinks about how her and Jem would have worked, wouldn't have worked together. And, um, she's like, yeah, he likes a girl like Tessa who always has her nose in a book. And plus like, Will wouldn't have been cool with it. And it just reminds me of something I totally would have done, like worked that through in my head so I could feel better about it. <laughs> like well, it wouldn't have worked out crazy. Anyway. Sorry, I'm like talking over you. Um, when we're in Tessa's point of view, she feels very, not immature, but that's the way that she sees herself. Very young, very kind of just, you know, all sorts of place. And then this younger girl is seeing Tessa as like mature and well-read yeah. and studious and very like, holds herself in a high regard and all this other stuff. And it's just funny the way you see yourself versus the way other people see you. Yeah. That is not how Tessa would describe herself at all, I don't think. Well, and and the same goes the opposite for Cecily because Cecily, by her own point of view, feels very, like, mature and, like, grounded and understands who she is and stuff. Like, she, she feels like a very complete character who's kind of – got a good footing but from uh-huh. the outside everyone kind of sees her as this little girl so it's it's funny uh-huh. that it's the opposite with Cecily that it is for Tessa Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. well just then as we're shower thinking about Jem <laughs> he enters the chat so Jem tells them um he comes in and tells them that fucking Gabriel is downstairs. I mean, they kind of go back and forth because he walks in and he's like, are you guys fighting? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so he's like, fucking Gabriel's downstairs. And I have two words for you. Demon 
pox. <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. Does Gabriel have them now? Like, did they just transfer from the toilet seat or something? Tell oh, me. God. I can't wait to read more. Oh, God. Robin, tell us. <laughs> I can't tell you at this moment because we're in Sophie's point of view now, guys. And she has this trait that she's balancing with ease of practice, as it says, which I love. Like, okay, I don't love that she has to do that. But I love it's like a thought that she has, right? Like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I am so good at this. Oh, my God. So she's knocking on Gideon's door and bringing him some scones. And we get to see that Gideon is dressed in basically what I think is shirt sleeves, right? Mm -hmm. The way it's described. Which I feel is pretty scandalous. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. Like that's just pretty scandalous. And his hair's wet, and so are his hands. So he obviously Ooh. like had to do the discount double Ooh. check before Sophie arrived at the door. <laughs> Listen, I know that this is not at all what he's wearing or what he looks like right now. But in my head, all I got was like 1920s. Italian-American from Brooklyn in a mechanic shop with, like, trousers and suspenders, like, off the shoulders, hanging down in a wife beater, like, at a sink, like, splashing his, like, shaved under long on top hair. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? You putting together? (laughs) I pictured Eric from The Little Mermaid, so I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Two kinds of people. Ryan Gosling from the Notebook is what I got. Goodfellas. Our innocent little Robin. (laughs) (laughs) It was just the old timey clothes, I think. Like Eric's in shirt sleeves, so it made sense. Oh, I can't. Okay. Two kinds of people. All right. <laughs> yep. I mean, yours is obviously better because it's not a cartoon, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Buckle your seatbelt, kiddos. This next part is palpably painful. Oh, God. And we get this awkward conversation between Sophie and Gideon. And Gideon, so he tries to start up a conversation with Sophie, and she instantly shuts it down. She's like, Mr. Lightwood, is there anything else you require? Oof. And Gideon tells her that, like, I I wish that you would just call me Gideon by her, his Christian name. And he thought that before that he arrived at the Institute, they were well on their way to a friendship. But since he's moved in, Sophie's been nothing but cold to him. And Sophie reaches up to touch her face, which I'm actually assuming is probably like her scar. And she has this flashback of her old employer, whose name was Master Teddy, who used to tell her that if she knew it was good for her, she'd be friendlier to him. All the while, he's finding her in dark corners and like pushing her up against the wall. Mm. Super gross. Yep. Poor Sophie. Like, mm-hmm. that's a lot, too. Yeah. Anyway. Gideon can pick up on her change in demeanor. Like, he sees something's wrong. And he asks her if, like, like did he do something to her? He just wants to know what it is because he wants to fix it. He wants to be Handy Manny. Bob the Builder. Pick. Yes, we can. 
Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. Okay, Amanda. <laughs> She's like, paint me by numbers like one of your French ladies. <laughs> Unedited, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Sophie tells him, quote, there is no wrong, no slight. You're a gentleman and I am a servant. Anything more would be a familiarity. Please do not make me uncomfortable, Mr. Lightwood. Damn. Gideon drops his hand down because I didn't put it in there, but he was kind of like reaching his hand out to her. Mm Mm-hmm. And looks wounded. And this makes Sophie's heart kind of soften a little bit for him. But then she repeats her mantra of, I have everything to lose and he has nothing to lose. And we find out that she repeats this to herself late at night while she's thinking about Gideon's, quote, storm-colored eyes. Oh, snap. Poor girl. I know. Not to be defeated, Gideon tries one more time and says that he thought they were friends. And Sophie says that they can't be, like, we can't be friends. And Gideon starts to say, what if I were to ask you, but is cut off by Henry. Fuck. So we don't know if he was going to be like, what if I were to ask you, what is two plus two? (laughs) What if I were to ask you what you doing next weekend? We don't know. And typically I love Henry in a scene, but like, come on, dude. (laughs) Read the room. You fucked this up. For all of us. And I'm really disappointed. (laughs) But Henry storms in and tells Gideon that his brother Gabriel is there and won't talk to anyone or do anything until he sees him. And even hearing this news, Gideon hesitates and still wants to keep talking to Sophie. (laughs) Like he's, he's not, he wants to finish this conversation. Henry, however, says to come now with a sharp tone. And apparently, when Henry means business, he means business. Yes, daddy. I mean, he's he got... Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even Sophie was like, ooh. <laughs> so Gideon grabs his sword and follows him out of the room. Downstairs, we're flashing down. Gabriel is leaning against the wall, and he looks ten ways to Sunday, like, fucked up. His jacket's gone. His shirt and trousers are drenched in blood. And... When we went downstairs, we switched into Tessa's point of view. And ever the sleuth, she notices the lightwood carriage outside, which means Gabriel must have driven himself. Right. Charlotte Whoa. puts on her... Yeah. That's like uh, a big deal. Uh-huh. A, spe- a whole damn carriage. <laughs> yeah. A whole damn carriage. Charlotte puts on her best mom voice and asks Gabriel to tell them all what happened. And he doesn't answer, instead insisting that he talks to Gideon. Like, he wants his attorney. Yeah. (laughs) Charlotte tells him that um, he's on his way down. She sent Henry to go get him, and Cyril is riding the Institute carriage. And so she asks Gabriel if he's injured and needs an Arazzi, which he's covered in blood. But, like, are you hurt? Do you need an Arazzi? And Tessa pipes in and tells Gabriel it's a lot of blood. Is that all yours? It's <laughs> a lot of blood you got there, bro. Is it oh, all yours? Damn. Welcome. <laughs> and Gabriel looks at Tessa and she says that he's actually looking at her like with no posturing. 
which is out of character for him. Mm-hmm. He just has like stunned fear in his eyes and confusion. Mm. And he replies back, no, it's theirs. Mm. It's like, mm. okay. You know, in elementary school, when the popular asshole or like the bully or whatever, I guess it doesn't have to be elementary school. It could be middle school or high school. Um, but you find yourself in a like one-on-one situation with someone who would normally be a dick to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like you realize that they're human and then they don't ever actually treat you like an asshole when it's one-on-one because that would be weird and awkward and there's no power Mm -hmm. dynamic for them to feed off of. Like, I feel like that's what this moment with Gabriel is. It's like, listen, I get what's happening right now, but it feels weird for me um, to be vulnerable <laughs> with you because you're usually such a dick. Like it's hard for me to feel empathy for someone who's such a trash human. So maybe you should reassess <laughs> your life choices. Quit being a raccoon. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> at the same time, this like, conversation whatever exchange between tessa and gabriel is happening gideon's walking into the room and he's like our boss our owner at work who are they i don't know who you're talking about can you please say who they are could you be more specific who is this they you speak of just the worst (laughs) and um Gabriel's followed up by a train. It's Henry, Jim, Will, and Cecily. And Jim pauses and, like, (gasps) takes his breath because he sees Tessa is still in her wedding dress. Why? To be dramatic. Yeah, That's why. Yep. Gideon keeps shooting questions, like, is father hurt? Are you hurt? That's it. Who are they? There's three questions, I guess. It seems like a lot more when I wrote that. Anyway, Gabriel instantly instantly relaxes a little bit once Gideon arrives, and he tells the room that father is a worm. (laughs) This is obviously makes Will laugh. He's like, hee hee, tee 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 tee. And of course, we're in Tessa's point of view, so we get to oogle Will for a moment. Oh. Oh, boy. Uh huh. She's like, and they are so hot. His eyes but um, were like we storms. Also... <laughs> what? What did you say? His eyes were like storms. Oh yeah. No, that's Gideon. Remember, right. stormy right. gray. I, I'm pretty sure Will's eyes will be described by some sort of water at some point. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Glass. <laughs> so um, found it um. We find out that since their conversation, since their awkward talk, Will has been avoiding Tessa's gaze and not looking at her unless he absolutely has to. And um, there's this really long quote that I have to read from the book. But if I don't, I might actually die. (laughs) There's a a part of my soul might be crushed. Mm -hmm. So here we go. It's good to see you've come round to our view of things, Gabriel. But this is an unusual way of announcing it. Gideon shot Will a reproachful look before turning back to his brother. Wait, what? Oh, Will starts. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I was confused. What do you mean, Gabriel? What did father do? Gabriel shook his head. 
He's a worm, he said again, tonelessly. I know he's brought shame on the name of Lightwood and lied to both of us. He shamed and destroyed our mother, but we need not be like him. Gabriel pulled away from his brother's grip, his teeth suddenly flashing in an angry scowl. You're not listening to me, he said. He's a worm, a worm, a bloody great serpent-like thing. Since Mortmain stopped sending the medicine, he's been getting worse, changing. Those sores upon his arm, they started to cover him, his hands, his neck, his face. And he's like, see, I took a Snapchat of it, right? <laughs> There's no filter. Oh, God. No cap. Hashtag no filter. Hashtag no filter. Hashtag lazy Sunday. Fuck. The, it might be one of the funniest who's on first moments. Yep. Oh, my God. Like, I know he's a worm. Like, we know. He's an <laughs> like, asshole. I know. <laughs> it would have been funnier had I not got confused as I was reading it. No, but it was there's great. that. You're just wonderful. You're a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gabriel turns to Will to ask him if it was the pox. Setting that Will's some kind of expert on it, right? And Will's slightly offended, saying that it's not like he invented demon pox. Just because he believes that it existed doesn't mean he knows everything about it. And there are accounts of it, old stories in the library. Kind of like when I used to ask my mom how to spell something and she'd tell me to look it up in the dictionary. Oh, uh, yes. Which I'm sure we've talked about on here before because we're fucking old. Yeah. <laughs> Cecily interrupts to ask Will what demon pox are. And Will's face flushes, and of course it makes Tessa smile. The last few weeks Cecily had been at the Institute, Will had been acting awkward around her. And Tessa thinks that it's like had been so long since he'd seen her, he didn't know how to act around her. And even though he seemed annoyed with her and kept telling her to leave, he really does care about her. Like He gives her the gym eyes, basically. And um, he doesn't really want to have the awkward demon STD talk with her. <laughs> and I think either... Two things. Question for you. Do you think you could get demon pox from canoodling? Or is it the whole mamma jamma? I think it's the because whole Because if mamma it's jamma. the whole mamma jamma, then Tessa doesn't know how you get it either. Just saying. Yeah. Because uh-huh. if she doesn't even know what that is. Yeah. I think it's the whole mamma jamma. I do too. Yeah. yeah. That's why she I was joking about the toilet seat. Because I think it's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Tessa doesn't even know. Girl, everybody's got to have a talk. Charlotte's got to sit down. And they're all going to sit crisscross applesauce on the floor. She's going to read a little story. <laughs> Just, I don't. It makes me crazy and sad to think about women not that long ago who like just had they were just were not educated about the way of the world. And it's just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm heartbreaking that yep. you know how at a disadvantage you are without knowledge you know yep fucking wild agreed like like 2020 2021 2022 have been kind of bullshit but like i'm glad i live in this age yeah 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 <laughs> like admittedly objectively bad years but <laughs> but we've got a lot going for us right We got the vote, guys. Yeah, we got the vote. Exactly. (laughs) Fuck. Okay. Tessa notices Gabriel noticing Cecily. 
And Tessa thinks to herself that Will's parents must have both been very beautiful because Cecily is as pretty as Will is handsome. And Cecily stares back at Gabriel with like a curious expression like, would you look an asshole? <laughs> you want to fight? Anyway. You guys were pulled out of the teenage hormones by Gideon, who asks if their father is dead. If the pox had killed him. And he is a worm, bro. I said <laughs> yeah. he wasn't. Not he was a worm. He is. Yeah. What part of? He's not dead. He's just a worm. <laughs> what part of? Yeah, exactly. A few weeks ago, they moved into the Chiswick house, and his dad wouldn't say why they moved, but he'd been spending a lot of time shut up in his study. And that morning, Gabriel went down to check on his dad. The door was torn off the hinges, and there was a trail of slime going down the hall. So he followed it out into the garden. And, like, you know, Benny the Dick is, like, a real-life worm. Duh. And Henry's like, would it be possible to step on him? Fuck, Henry. <laughs> tut, tut. Just end it. <laughs> and Gabriel just ignores it. He, like, ignores the comments from the peanut gallery. He Have continues with the story. <laughs> He's like... I searched the garden, and I found some pieces of the servants. Literally pieces. Oh, God. Ugh. And he followed a high-pitched howling noise, and that's when he saw the worm come at him. And he ran to the stables. <laughs> Sorry, capitalized. <laughs> stables is Amanda's maiden name. They capitalized the S, so it's like he ran into the Amanda. He ran into the stables. He went to my family. It's not funny. Okay, anyway. He got into the carriage, and he drove like a bat out of hell through the gate. And the creature didn't follow because Gabriel thinks it's, like, camera shy. Like, he doesn't want the general populace to see the worm thing. He's, he's camera shy. And Henry, like, finishes his hypothesis. He's like, okay, so too big to step on. Right, right. No dead dear. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel starts beating himself up like he shouldn't have run away he should have just stayed and fought the creature or maybe somewhere deep inside their father is still inside the worm and he could have reasoned with it and surprisingly enough Will speaks up telling Gabriel that there's also the possibility that he would have been bitten in half right. the last phase of demon's pox is turning into an actual demon and Charlotte's like, why have you been sitting on that particular piece of information? <laughs> right. You and just Will's gave us like, all the whole thing that you didn't invent them. Like, right. <laughs> well, and Will's like, um, knowledge, fingertips, library. Like, I didn't stop anybody from reading about it. And Charlotte's like, <laughs> she tells him that had he known Benedict was going to turn into a giant worm, he could have at least mentioned it as a matter of general interest. <laughs> And Will defends himself, and he's like, okay, listen, listen. First of all, he could have changed into any manner of demon. It didn't necessarily have to be a worm. And second, the chain takes weeks to happen. So we just assumed that even a certifiable idiot like Gabriel would notice and reach out to somebody. <laughs> Gabriel's like, hey, I'm not a certifiable idiot. And Will says... <laughs> Lack of certification hardly proves intelligence. Fuck. And then he says, ja, 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 ja. Right. And Gabriel goes on to reiterate that their father had locked himself in his study. He hadn't been around him. And Gideon, like, 
chimes in and he's like, if you think that's out of the ordinary, like that he wouldn't have seen him for weeks, it's because you don't know Benedict. Okay? You don't know him. I'm grown. During all the hubbub, Jim makes his way over to Tessa to ask her if she's wearing her wedding dress. Do you casually wear gold and silk or is that your wedding dress? Right. Right. And um, it's written. This is a verbatim, basically. A verbatim that is Robinized. Right. But it's the gist of it. Okay. That she's saved from answering his question. Saved. Capital S. By Gabriel saying that they have to go to Chiswick. So, like, she didn't want to think about it. She didn't want to answer it. She didn't want it to be awkward. I don't know. But she didn't want to deal with it. So now she doesn't have to. And there's, like, a quick debate about notifying the clave or not notifying the clave. But the Lightwoods don't want the shame of contacting the clave. And during the commotion, like, fucking Gabriel and Will are fighting. And Gideon's like, hey, don't talk to Will like that. He's my friend. And, of course, Gabriel's like, what? But <laughs> apparently, all of the Institute inhabitants, including Gideon, know about the fake curse. So they obviously have a different outlook than Gabriel does about Will. Right. But this isn't explained to Gabriel at the time. This is not the time nor the place. It's not brought up. And it's decided, when it's all said and done, Will, Jim, Henry, Cecily, and Tessa will go to Chiswick. And, of course, like, Will didn't want Cecily or Tessa to go, but, like, Jim is like, hey, when you were 15, you were also hunting shadows, and she is 15, so she can hunt shadows. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Tessa, you can't go. You're in a wedding dress. She's like, well, it's not my wedding dress now because Jim can't see me in it. So now we get two dresses, motherfucker. What? (laughs) (laughs) This was my plan the whole time. Right. And um, Cyril is like, guys. The carriages are ready. We ride at dawn. That was Except fast. dawn is right now. Who's coming? Who's coming and with me? Who's mm. coming with me? Exactly. Get him, bitches. And that's yeah. the end of the chapter. Except there's a letter awkwardly placed, not even a page break or anything, but it's a letter from Consul Josiah Wayland. No. To Consul Wayland from the council. The not era to be of the letters strikes again. Confused with the c- c- clave console and council, okay? Yes, yep. Okay. And look, I wasn't going to paraphrase it, but I'm not. I'm just going to read the letter because it's, it. easier. it's easier for all involved. Unless I um, stutter. So, you know. Okay. It says to Consul Josiah Wayland. From the council, dear sir, comma, as you are doubtless aware, your term of service as consul after 10 years is coming to an end. The time has come to appoint a successor. Oh, oops. Hey, you guys. What? I uh, messed this up. What? As for ourselves, we are giving serious consideration to the appointment of Charlotte Branwell, ne. Nay? Yeah. Don't they say? Fairchild. She's done good work as the head of the London Institute, and we believe her to have your stamp of approval, as she was appointed by you after the death of her father. As your opinion and esteem are to us of the highest value, we would appreciate any thoughts that you might have on the matter. 
Yours with the highest regard, Victor Whitelaw, Inquisitor, on behalf of the Council. Mm. It is very weird placement. Yep. It's weird placement, and it's also everybody's just turning the barge around mm-hmm. on Charlotte, which, like, I'm not mad about. But right. Like, right. True. Good point. Yeah. It's exciting news. Mm-hmm. And we'll Go figure out more next week when we discuss chapter two, The Conqueror Worm. I'm so excited. This is yep. great. I love this book. This book is a really good book. This is a fun it's one. Fun. <laughs> All right, guys. For behind the, behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs>